The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That is correct information. You are. It is uh, six minutes after seven o'clock, and Monday has rolled around once again. We are still in COVID times, but we are still doing the show. Your employment rights, employment laws have not taken a temporary layoff. Not at all. They are robust, and they are uh, ready for you to explore. If you have any questions tonight for Andrew, who is in the hot seat tonight, Andrew Goldberg taking the uh, taking the reins tonight with your questions. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. That would be the number. Four one six eight seven zero. 6400 email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca and anytime whether we're on the air or not could be three in the morning doesn't matter go to it pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is your source for all things with employment law it is uh, free it's absolutely anonymous you shut your browser down and you disappear like jimmy hoffa or if you want to there is a contact button at the top right you can get a hold of Lior or andrew remember the team anytime you like as well so bring it on lines open 416-870-6400 a live call-in show as it always is on monday andrew good to you. good to have you here pal we will get to uh rights when recalled or not from a temporary layoff that is on the way shortly but uh first week that was what's uh what's been going on with you pal So, you know, as you know, since this whole COVID thing started, I've been getting, you know, indoctrinated with calls upon calls. So many issues have come up. Uh, It's seemingly endless amount of people I've spoke to in the last three months. Uh, The one thing that I see all the time, you know, clearly we have to be sympathetic. There are employers out there. These employers are struggling. There's no denying that. But the one thing that we see so often that's so troubling to me is the amount of employers who are trying to use COVID-19 as an excuse to do things that are clearly illegal, right? Um, And a great example of this involves a woman that came to speak to me, I've retained her, you know, she's now a client of mine. She was on a maternity leave of absence, okay? And not all the listeners are gonna be on a maternity leave. It's not gonna be relevant to them in that aspect, but it will be relevant because it just shows how employers are callously just trying to get away with whatever they can. So this woman's on a maternity leave of absence. She's not scheduled to return to work in October. And as you're aware, if you're on a maternity leave, you have the right to your job back when you return. Lo and behold, in April, she's told by her employer, we have to fire you. We have no choice because of COVID. Now she comes to speak to me and I say, that doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, you're not scheduled to return till October. How can this employer possibly know that it has no job for you until like as of April when they fired you. Another thing is the employer didn't have any type of maternity leave top up payment. So every dollar she received while off work was an EI payment. So she was costing the company zero dollars. So I look at this thing and I say, this makes absolutely no sense. She's not costing the company any money. They're not saving her any money by uh, letting her go. In fact, they have to pay her severance and, um, there's no way they could possibly know. And this is just but one example. And then now we're in the process of uh, pursuing her full entitlements. And so far, that's going very well. But for the listeners, I mean, this is an example of an employer attempting to take advantage of the COVID-19 situation by doing something they know is inappropriate, clearly just to use COVID as an excuse. So if you're listening and you think that your employer is trying to get away with A, B, and C, and it doesn't add up and it doesn't make sense, then give us a call because there's going to be more often than not something we can do about that.
Good opening salvo there, Andrew. We'll take a, a short break. By the way, I want to reach out to Andrew when the show is not on, have a bit more of a, a you know private conversation. No problem. Uh, actually, you know what? We're going to keep going here. We're taking a break. What am I? I'm, I'm, I'm a little, little too antsy. one uh, 855 is actually the number to get a hold of Andrew at the firm. We're not breaking yet. That was a different station. Uh, 416-870-6400 is the number to call through. The lines are open, guys, so bring it on. you got questions for Andrew. Do so. Emails. We'll get to those. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. How about that? Main topic. Okay. When rights recalled or not from a temporary layoff. Here we go. Let's get right into this. How long can a temporary layoff go on for in Ontario? So that's obviously an excellent question. But before answering how long Mm. a layoff can go for, I mean, the real question is, can an employer put you on a temporary layoff in the first place? So if you don't agree to be placed on a temporary layoff, A temporary layoff cannot even last one second. You can treat your employment as being terminated the second that you're placed on a temporary layoff and you can pursue a severance package. So for those out there listening, if you have not agreed to the layoff, an employer can't put you on a layoff for any particular length of time, you can treat that as being terminated. And if you accept the layoff, if you go to your employer and say, you know what, I agree to be placed on a temporary layoff, Right now, the Ontario government has effectively changed the layoff rules such that the layoff will last six weeks after the end of the emergency order. And right now, that's scheduled to last until about mid-August. But the scary thing is the emergency order can be postponed. Uh, It has been already, and it it could very well be again. So if you accept the layoff, right now you'd have no idea how long it can theoretically last it's a very scary thing for people sitting in limbo not knowing when they're going to get their job back when they're going to get their income back so um if you don't accept it you can treat it your employment is being terminated right away pursue a severance if you do there's a bit of an unknown as to how long it'll last at this point it's, I think it's, you know, at this point, especially with that, that rule put in there after the emergency order, it's at least worth a phone call to you to discuss the options. I mean, you don't want to turn back or make the mistake at the end of this and go, man, I should have I should have done what Andrew said and pulled the plug when I had the chance. So I think it's at least worth that phone call and uh, discuss discuss the options now that it could be extended again. As you said, the emergency order, we just don't know week to week what the government's going to do. So that's a... That's a pretty good call. We're talking about being recalled or not from temporary layoffs here. Um, Do I have to return to work if my employer calls me back? And I know you're getting calls about this, people saying, I don't feel safe, so I'm choosing not to go back to work. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, as we discussed with the first question, this is entirely premised on if you agree to be laid off in the first place temporarily, right? So if you have agreed to be placed on a temporary layoff and your employer does call you back, Assuming you're going back to the same job, same pay, same hours, if you're essentially going back to the exact same job that you left before being placed on the temporary layoff, then absolutely you do have to go back to work. Now, there could be some exceptions. One would be if you have very specific health concerns and you're worried about going back and you've been able to visit a doctor and your doctor says, hey, listen, we think because of your age or because you have a specific medical condition, it's not the right time for you to go back, then, then you might not have to in that circumstance. Also, if you have uh, childcare obligations, and as you know, uh, the Ford administration has now opened up childcare back in the province, but mm-hmm. only up to a very limited number of people. So there, I, think, I believe it's only 10 people that can be in the childcare facility. So obviously not every employee is gonna be able to send their kids back to childcare. So if you can't get those arrangements made, 
um, then in those two circumstances, you could refuse the recall, but more often than not, you would, you would have to go back. Absolutely. 416-870-6400. We'll continue talking about, uh, going back to work and just a moment here. I want to get to, uh, to Lloyd in Burlington. Hey Lloyd, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? No problem. How are you guys doing? Good pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Andrew's there and, and ready. Hey Andrew, how's it going? Not bad Lloyd. Uh, so listen, I, I, I work in sales. Uh, my field is live corporate events. So obviously, uh, we've taken a major, major hit. <laughs> Needless to say. So um, my, I, I, I rely primarily on commission. I do have a base salary, which is, you know, not the greatest, but uh, it is what it is. So since this is all gone down, um, we were accepting of the twenty percent. Uh, pay reduction in our salary um so uh needless to say it's not a lot coming in and at the time you know with all, everything was you know a big crazy swirl so we were just like okay i guess that's what we have to do but now that we're into it uh this far i'm just curious is this, is this like legal can, can they can they keep continue to doing this or how does that work uh, so when you say keep continuing to do this, I assume implementing that 20% pay cut you're asking about? Correct. Correct. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not entirely positive what you communicated to your employer when you first agreed to the pay cut. And obviously that's a big reason why we want people to call us before making these decisions. Because if you right. are going to agree to a pay cut, it is absolutely important that you outline in writing what the terms are so you know say we'll agree for the next six weeks but at that point we expect to reassess the situation right yeah i i did receive a correspondence via email um and uh i to be honest with you i i didn't even i didn't even reply to it it was like again at the time it was just like i, I in hindsight i probably should have uh, but there was no time limit or there was no uh agreed um tenure to which you know we would be reinstated our our full salary again so i'm just sitting here thinking about it now so and i you know you guys i listen to you guys quite often and i just thought my wife's going give them a call and see what they say <laughs> so here i am well no good thing good thing to do so the good thing there is you haven't communicated anything which is no. you know not the worst situation to be in i mean you'd have to decide what you want to do the employer does not have the right to cut your pay by 20 percent you right. could pursue a constructive dismissal claim and which would in turn uh you know pursue your severance entitlements and the right. alternative if you want to stick it out with the company if you like the company you appreciate they're going through a hard time and you let off the call you know kind of being sympathetic to the situation yeah, that, was, that, was, that was my thinking initially for sure right yeah but as time goes on it, it becomes more stressful of course right so Correct. the one thing you could do and i would recommend you do is either you know we can speak further after this call about your different options but if you're willing to put out uh put it out a little longer with the pay cut you definitely indicate in writing what mm -hmm. the expectations are ask your employer right. how long do you expect this pay cut to be in effect and right. if they can't give you an answer then you want to write back and say you know i'm agreeable to this for the next four weeks or six weeks. But at that point, right. I want to reassess this. The concern right. is if you don't say anything, the employer might have the right to do this indefinitely into the future. And they'll say that you've accepted this forever. And you have to make it clear that that is not the case. So yep. either one, you have to start getting it more clear in writing what your expectations are and what you are in fact agreeing to in terms of a timeline. Or in the alternative, call our firm uh, give us a call, and we yep. can uh, try to go after your severance entitlements for you. 
Lloyd, thanks for making the call. Hope to help. That's how quick it can happen. Get some answers. Get down the right path for sure. Lloyd, here's that number that Andrew's talking about, one 821 5900 Don't hesitate. Give them a call. Drop an email if you wish. That is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a, a short pause here and get right back to it. Be smart. Be like Lloyd. Give the call, 416-870-6400. We've got lots of time and open lines. Employment Law Show, Monday Night Edition, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That is right. It is uh, 721. Lots of time for you to call in and ask your questions. Do so. The number is correct. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Do uh, send an email along. Andrew here for the remainder tonight answering your questions. we got open lines, so bring it on a live call-in show. As always, in the meantime, rights when recalled or not from a temporary layoff. We've heard this before, and I know you get this call all the time, especially now. And that is, can my employer return me to a different job, title, uh, reduced pay, different hours, location, all that stuff? Can they mess with that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And as you know, this is something we deal with time and time again, even before the emergence of the COVID-19 pandemic. And the simple answer is no, absolutely not, unless uh, you sign something in your contract or you otherwise agree to it. An employer cannot change your job title, they can't reduce your pay, they can't reduce your hours, they can't change your work location. An employer does not have the right to change the fundamental terms of your contract without your agreement. So obviously this is coming up more often in the context of someone being recalled to work after a temporary layoff. They're asked to come back and they say, oh, we'll bring you back, but we're going to pay you 25% less and give you a demotion, okay? Um, The answer is you know, if you don't want to accept that, you do not have to accept that. If the employer tries to implement these changes without your agreement, you can treat your employment as being terminated and you can pursue your severance. What if it's a situation, though, where, I mean, over the last three, four months, obviously a lot of employers have been taking a bit of a butt kicking, so they're going to bring you back. They want to implement those things. You like working there. You don't really want to drop the hammer on them. So can you say, you know what, I'll, 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 I'll be a company guy. I'll muck in and do this for a couple months, and then I want to go back to where I was. Can you verbalize that? Can you put that in writing and say, these are my terms if you want me to continue because I want to help you out? Can you do something like that? So if you are someone that is looking to work with the employer and t- you know change the terms temporarily, by all means, you can agree to do so on a temporary basis. So, you know, especially if the employer's taking the position, oh, due to COVID, we have to reduce your pay temporarily or we have to change your responsibilities to some degree. If it's due to COVID, then presumably once we get out of this mess, there's no reason why it shouldn't revert back, right? Mm-hmm. So if that's something you're interested in to, to take on these changes temporarily, then you can agree to that with your employer. But, you know, you made a very good point, whether it be verbally or in writing. Absolutely, it should be in writing. Uh, yeah. For sure, send an email, uh, you know, sign something in writing, make sure that it, the terms are very clear. I agree to a 20% pay cut for two months and no more. Or I agree to work 32 hours instead of 
40 for the next six weeks, but after that, I expect everything to go back to normal. So that's going to be the key. If you don't do that, then you risk an argument by the employer to say, hey, we can do this indefinitely into the future. These are just the new terms you have going forward. So even if that's something, if you don't want to pursue a severance based on all these changes that are being made without your agreement, you still want to call us to make sure you're doing the right things to preserve your rights in case you change your mind in the future, right? So you've got to make sure that you're doing this the right way. Andrew's bang on, man. Uh, give him a call. He'll keep the number on you if you haven't got it already. Our regular listeners wouldn't know it, but uh, just in case, one 821 5900 But here and now to call in, ask your questions uh, to the radio show, 416-870-6400, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll try to get to some of your emails in just a little bit here. As we continue down the list of things, uh, rights when recalled or not from a temporary layoff, next one is this is... Um, what should I do if my employer, you know, they don't, they don't change anything coming back, don't reduce my pay, don't change my location. They don't recall me at all from a temporary layoff. Well, if you're not recalled at all, the simple and obvious answer is you, the layoff is no longer temporary. You've just been terminated, right? So yeah. if you're not recalled from work, you've been flat out permanently laid off and you're entitled to severance. And again, you know, visit, if you don't know what your severance entitlements are, uh, we have a great tool, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, where you can take a look. Even if you haven't been put on a layoff, even if you haven't been fired from your job, uh, and you're just curious, you say, hey, I wonder if I'm let go, what am I going to be entitled to? Visit that site, take a look, um, and give us a call, and we'll do everything we can. It's what we do all the time for many, many clients across the firm, uh, and pursue rightful severance packages. So how long do I have to pursue severance after my temporary layoff expires? Now we're assuming, of course, I've come back or, my, or not coming back. My temporary layoff is done to a determined amount of time. Yeah, so if your layoff is done, you have two years to commence a claim. Um, so that's just it's straightforward in all cases. As soon as you've been let go and they're not calling you back and you, your, your entitlement to a severance arises. And even if you want to take the position that your first day of your layoff, you never agreed to it and you want to pursue your severance, you have two years from that point uh, to commence a claim and, and go after what's rightfully yours. The number 416-870-6400. That's to call in now and ask uh, Andrew any of your questions. It is the Monday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Uh, failing that, you want to reach out afterwards, one 821 5900 And, yeah, Andrew, we've both mentioned it several times, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, wealth of information there, whether it has to do with the severance pay calculator, whether you've uh, been constructively dismissed, are you a contractor, are you an employee? There's, all, there's even a section on disability law there as well, so you want to have a look at that in your own time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Absolutely free, absolutely anonymous. And it's a good pal to have on your uh, your desktop or your cell phone for sure. I'm going to lob an easy one over the plate for you here, Andrew. Can the Ministry of Labor help me calculate severance for a temporary layoff? Yeah, so this is something that's been discussed on the show many times. And the thing about the Ministry of Labor when it comes to severance, the Ministry of Labor, if you go to them and you say, hey, I've been let go or otherwise, I'd like to pursue uh, my severance, the Ministry of Labor can only help you get your minimum severance entitlements. They cannot help you get your full severance entitlements. And when it comes to a temporary layoff case, the Ministry of Labor is going to take the position that you're entitled to no severance whatsoever. In order to get your severance, 
because you believe you should have never been placed on a temporary layoff. You don't accept that. You want to pursue what's called a constructive dismissal. You need to retain a lawyer to pursue those entitlements. You have no other choice. So when it comes to a temporary layoff situation, you must speak to a lawyer if you want to go after your severance. And when it comes to just more of a traditional uh, permanent uh, termination, the Ministry of Labor can help you, but only to get your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. And you could be leaving, you know, your full entitlements could go up to 24 months of pay, right? Yeah. You're in a, in, a situ in a situation, a Ministry of Labor might be only able to get you eight weeks pay, where, where if you come to our firm uh, to retain us to pursue your severance entitlements, we could get you up to 24 months in that same situation. So there's a huge difference there. And Always be wary to go to the Ministry of Labor for severance. Always speak to an employment lawyer and give us a call uh, before you go down that road. And, that, and that's quite simply, you know, the difference between the eight, eight weeks or possibly 24 months in the extreme case. I mean, that's not you suggesting this number. That's not you coming up with this number. This is your, these are your common law rights that people don't realize they have, correct? Oh, yeah. If it were up to me, I'd like to tell everyone they can get millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but yes, you're all joking aside, you're 100% correct. Um, you know, it, the, it, it's been very clear from past instances of, of, of terminations and what people have been awarded yeah. for severance that 24 months is kind of the, uh, you know, unspoken cap for severance. So most people can get anywhere up to 24 months. Uh, we pursue those kind of packages for people all the time. And of course, that even even if you make $40,000 a year, the difference between eight weeks and 24 months could be, you know, is, is over 70 grand, right? It's a huge yeah. difference. If you make 200,000 a year, you can be talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. So sure. um, it doesn't hurt to call, you know, you can do whatever yep. you want, but you might as well call and figure it out and get the information and make an informed decision. And that, that kind of applies to everything we've discussed so far. Uh, if you yeah. want to go back to work, if you want to pursue a severance, just shoot us a call so you feel comfortable about your decision and just make sure you're doing the right things. You know the number for the remaining time we're on the air here tonight, and that is uh, 416-870-6400. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address. Is there pitfalls? Is there an issue if I turn around and say, okay, you know what, Andrew, I've heard you the entire tonight. I should call you. I shouldn't go to the you know, employment standards branch or whatever it's called in BC or here in, here in uh, Ontario, you know, the Ministry of Labor. What happens if I decide to go, well, I'll take my chances and file a claim with the Ministry of Labor? Is there any problem with that? Yeah, so that's a very excellent question. So, and that's, again, just adds to the point about why you should speak to a lawyer first is mm -hmm. once you make a claim with the Ministry of Labor, you can no longer make a claim for the, the for your full entitlements. Once that claim starts with the Ministry of Labor, you've chosen that road, that's the road you're going down. You can't uh, you know, veer off and say, okay, now I'm gonna go get my full entitlements. You know, there is some exception if you've just filed a claim, there's a brief window where you can, you know, withdraw that claim with the Ministry of Labor and then go back to a lawyer and get your full entitlements. But other than that, yeah. uh, you, you know, you will be limited. So, uh, you know, if, if someone's concerned about that, then make sure um, you're aware of that before you contact the Ministry of Labor and make the claim. Yeah, I can imagine a situation where you just, you know, yeah, you file a claim because it's a ministry of labor. They should know this type of thing. And then you realize after listening to our show that you just passed on 18 months severance and you got six weeks. You'd, oh, my God, it'd be a 
be an absolute nightmare. The uh, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Garth, going to move over to your email. says, hi, guys. I received an email stating that the company will change my title from senior operations manager to junior supervisor. I've been an ops manager for 20-plus years. They said in the letter that this will make my job easier. Should I say yes to the change? Well, that's, that's a good question from Garth. Uh, you know, Thanks for writing in. Should you or should you not say yes is going to be a personal decision. I can't tell Garth to say yes. I can't tell Garth to say no. It's going to be up to what he prefers. But what I can tell Garth is that he has no obligation to take this demotion. It sounds like a very significant demotion. He was senior operations manager. They'd like him to be a junior supervisor. Um, so if he's not comfortable with that, then he has absolutely no obligation to accept that change uh, whatsoever. Now, something that Garth should keep in mind is, you know, when we talked before about how your severance entitlements can be up to 24 months, what factors into how much you're owed? One of those components is your position within the company, okay? So the more senior your position is, the larger your severance entitlements become. So if Garth accepts this demotion to junior supervisor and he's let go three months later, the company would have a very strong argument that his severance would it should not be worth as much as it would have been as if he were to be let go in his previous more senior role. So that's just something for Garth to keep in mind uh, before he agrees to make this change is the company could turn around, tell him, you know, you're out of here in two months and that could really impact his severance entitlements. It, would it also be, I mean, if it, if it got to that point where he was let go, there'd be the severance component too, but going from a senior ops manager to junior supervisor, isn't the, isn't the optics the same, the, the status, if he's applying for another job? That should be part of it too, right? Well, that, yeah, that's an excellent point. If Garth is looking to, um, you know, if, if things don't work out at this company and Garth has a long career ahead of him, of course, he wants his resume and to be as strong as possible and right. when applying to other jobs. I think, yeah, for sure. That's a very good point. A future employer can look at his resume and say, Garth, you know, why were you demoted uh, last year? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What happened there? It just raises questions and, you know, whatever Garth's answer is, oh, I, I chose the demotion. You know, is that going to really look good for Garth? It, it just depends what he wants. Right. If he's close yeah. to the end of his career and he wants to work out the next six months, a year, two years, and he's happy with the demotion. He doesn't intend to get another job. He's He wants to cruise and take it a little easier. That's a choice that Garth can make. But, John, you make an excellent point that if he's looking for future roles in the future, um, yeah, that could impact what a, a what potential employer thinks of him. Garth, you got the email. Here's the phone number if you want to carry on with uh, with Andrew or another team or another team member at the firm, one 821 5900 Still got some time here to call us here in the air, ask your questions, 416-870-6400. Stacey, you are up next, says, guys, my boss is having us work overtime during this whole pandemic as business is actually busier than ever, but he says he can't afford to pay us right now. Can he do that? Oh, well, Stacy, uh, absolutely not. If you are working overtime, you must get paid for that overtime. So regardless of whether you're an hourly employee or you earn a, you know, annual salary, you know, you're entitled to overtime pay in most situations. So if you're expected to work overtime, then you should get paid time and a half for every hour above 44 hours. So he absolutely cannot do that. And that 
uh, the overtime pay component is something that the Ministry of Labor can right. help with, right? So that's a very good opportunity for someone, unlike severance where the Ministry of Labor can't get you your full severance entitlements, the Ministry of Labor can, in fact, get your full overtime pay. And is, is overtime, is, is it not like so many things in employment law that go back two years? You can go back two years to claim lost overtime if you didn't get paid for it? Is that possible? So, yeah, you can go back two years uh, to, yeah. to claim that with the, the Ministry of Labor. So, the, so and or, sorry, with, or with a lawyer as well. So right. you can go back two years. Uh, you know, another thing to keep in mind, this is an interesting question from Stacy because she's saying business is busier than ever. It sounds like they're right. doing well. But if you're an employee and you're asked to do overtime to help out the business and the business is really struggling and you sympathize with that and you want to do what you can to help out, kind of a medium a medium option here, a middle ground, is you could agree to work the overtime and develop what's called an overtime bank, where you don't get paid right away for your overtime, but you bank the overtime pay and you can get unpaid time, or sorry, paid time off rather in the future. So that's kind of a, an opportunity for you to accrue overtime earnings, and it's almost like additional vacation days where you get paid time and a half during that right. time. So that's that's a middle ground option. And, and again, if, if, you know, there's these things are always confusing. There aren't necessarily straightforward answers. So if this is something that's happening to you as a listener, give us a call. We'll walk you through it. Um, but the the long and short of it is, by no stretch of the imagination, can you work overtime hours and not get paid for the time you're working? The number 416-870-6400. You still got some uh, some minutes here for give us a call on the air for the remaining time of the show here tonight. Uh, we'll get down to uh, Muhammad. Muhammad's up next. Says, guys, our team has been asked to sign new employment contracts by the end of the week. I'm not liking the smell of this one already. He says, I haven't read the whole thing, but I know there's a clause in there that says I can't work for any competitor in or, or around the city for two years if I'm fired. So he's got himself a nice fat non-compete in there. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds great for Mohammed for sure. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> no, I mean, look, the long and short of it is, you know, you're right. This this doesn't pass the smell test. Mohammed, if you're being asked to sign a contract, there's a reason why you're being asked to sign a contract. And if none of the terms are different, except now you're subject to this really stringent non-compete clause, you know, you might think twice about signing that thing. You have no obligation to sign it whatsoever. Um, you know, what, what's been, uh, had an opportunity to speak on the show before, our firm's talked about many times, non-compete clauses are very hard to enforce. Right. So the odds of the employer looking at this, you know, imposing this two-year non-compete for any competitor and telling Mohammed, you can't do your job for two years, essentially, in the city you live in, a court or, you know, is not likely going to ever enforce that uh, non-compete, right? Yeah. But that being said, that's not going to stop the company from trying to have it enforced. And Muhammad could be in a whole world of, of hurt if he gets a, you know, a, a you know, lawsuit from a, his previous employer because he goes to try to work someone else. Uh, somewhere else. I could represent Muhammad and say, listen, this thing's unenforceable. We want it thrown out. But that doesn't mean they're not going to fight for it and Muhammad won't incur, you know, some legal fees to do that. So that's a very sure. scary yeah. situation. He also said he hasn't read the whole contract. It's also very possible that in the contract there's other restrictive language and something we see all the time is a termination clause uh, which could work to limit his severance. So if he tries to, if he signs the contract 
and he's terminated a short while later, it could have serious impacts on his severance entitlements and he would get a heck of a lot less if he didn't sign. So obviously I can't speak to the whole thing. I'd have to review the contract as a whole, but this seems very suspicious and I'd have great hesitations to sign this if I were Muhammad. Yeah, we know he doesn't have to, and if he, you know, if he gets fired for it, he can come to you right away and get his full severance. But say he, say he did sign it. Say he did. Okay, you know what? I want to be a, a team player. I'll sign this thing. I don't think any of, any of this bad stuff's ever going to come to fruition. So I'm going to risk it. Now, if he doesn't get something for it, if he doesn't get some sort of consideration for signing this uh, document, does it even hold legal water? Can he just scrap it if it ever came, you know, push came to shove? Yes, that's an excellent point. So great point. In order for a contract to be enforceable, so say theoretically Mohammed earned $50,000 a year and he worked 40 hours a week and he's been doing this for 10 years. And now all of a sudden they say, Mohammed, we want you to sign this contract, restricting your entitlements to severance and putting a non-compete in. If Mohammed doesn't get anything in return, if he continues to earn $50,000 a year and work 40 hours a week, then the argument can certainly be made that this contract is not enforceable by any stretch of the imagination and the company could not rely upon it. So they'd have to give them, you know, maybe a signing bonus of whatever, even it doesn't have to be very much, even 200, 300 bucks. They could give them a, a little 10%, no, 2%, 3% raise. As long as he gets something in return, it would be enforceable. But if he gets nothing, it would not. Philip is, uh, we got time for Philip's email, I think. Again, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can send those emails along anytime. Philip says, when a new company takes over a business, do the employees have to automatically transfer to that new company? Oh, Philip, that's an excellent question. We see that all the time. So mm-hmm. the, the short answer is no, the employees do not have to automatically transfer. The, the real question is what would be Philip's reason uh, to not right. transfer, okay? So if Philip has a legitimate reason, so say the new ownership says, Philip, we want to take you uh, with, with us, but you know we're giving you a significant demotion or we're moving our office from Toronto to um, St. Catharines and we want you to come right. there. And Philip says, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to do that. I want the role that I've had and the location I've had for the money that I've earned then that could be a very good reason not to accept and he would be owed his full severance entitlements. But if the new ownership tells Philip, Philip, we'll keep your job exactly the way it was. You'll get paid the same. You'll be in your same duty. You'll have your same duties, the same role. Uh, We'd like you to come over with us. And Philip says no for no real reason other than he's just not into it anymore. He maybe wants to go back to school or do something different. Then Philip would only be entitled to his minimum severance entitlements as opposed to his full severance entitlements. In either case, either scenario, whether it's a a case where they've changed the job enough where it's he can get out of there and get his full severance, or he says, ah, it's a good time for me to bail and go back to school and he gets his minimum, who pays for the severance, buyer or seller? So if, good, very good point. If Philip didn't start with the new company yet, the new ownership yet, then it would be uh, the seller that is on the hook for the severance. And that would be worked out as part of their... Uh, the agreement of purchase and sale between the old and the new owner. So it would be the seller that has to pay the severance. And in the case that he does continue with the new owner, and if they were to bring him on just as the normal guy that he is, his seniority, say he's a 20-year employee, that continues with the new company or new owner, correct? Yeah, absolutely. If Philip 
continues on with the new ownership structure and he keeps going with the new company his years of service that he put in so if you work 20 years as you said for the previous ownership if he continues to work with the new ownership those years of service will be attributed to him and if he was let go while working for the new entity his severance would be based on an individual who has 20 plus years of service not less than one year if he's let go shortly after starting his employment with the new ownership so to speak and I guess that is another point that circles back to our previous point. That is, if he is brought on with this new company and they slide a new contract over to him, that is one thing he's going to watch out for, that they'd recognize his past service, correct? Of course. I mean, at, at law, irrespective of a contract, uh, he, they would likely have to do so regardless. But yes, absolutely. Right. I mean, to the listeners out there, it doesn't hurt to get a contract reviewed. When you are when you receive a contract from your company, thought went into this contract. They're not giving it to you for mm-hmm. no reason. They have a motive. They have a reason why they're yeah. doing this. And you might be blind to that. You might not understand. You're not an employment lawyer. And that's why we exist. So anytime you're given a contract, it, it's worthwhile to have that reviewed because the potential entitlements that you could be giving up by signing far outweigh taking 30, 40 minutes of your time to speak to a lawyer to make sure that everything's good. Andrew, nice, nicely done. We're done for the evening. Appreciate your phone calls and all your emails. You want to reach out now that we are done for a Monday night, do so. Don't hesitate. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. The email address one more time, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that uh, that phone number works anytime as well, one 821 5900 Back here on Wednesday night, then the weekend shows, and, of course, Employment Law Show on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings as well. Don't move a muscle. Stay right where you are, on point, with Alex Pearson's coming right back. This is Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.